When's the last time someone asked you, how's it going? And you didn't respond with the obligatory, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, it's been a while for me too. In our world sometimes, we do what's comfortable. We do the nice thing. We try and keep things light. And, well, sometimes, you know, lightness and joy and kindness, those are all good things. Sometimes we also avoid the real talk. And I believe in today's world, with social media, with COVID creating even more loneliness, it's a part of the reason why we feel so disconnected. We're now 43 episodes into Golden Girls podcast, and two of the most popular episodes we've done are about my goal-setting successes and messes from 2019. And at first, I wasn't sure why this was. I mean, do you guys just really want to know what doesn't work in my life? What is this about? And when I thought about it, I realized it's this, that most of the time in our everyday life, on social media, we're showing the highlight reel. When someone asks us how we're doing, we don't always feel comfortable or are ready or even have time to share the things that are really going on in our life. I'm on a mission to change that. I believe we need to have more real conversations because the truth is none of us are perfect. We all have ups. We all have downs. Every road to success, every successful person will always tell you that there was a ton of mess ups and embarrassments and challenges along the way. And yet the thing that I see in my business all the time is women that are facing challenges, just like we all do, and thinking that they're the only ones. And maybe you're listening to this thinking, that's me. I'm the only one. I'm the only one that struggles. I'm the only one that can't figure this out. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't know enough. Everyone else is doing it better than me. Who do I think I am? If any of those things sound true, we're here to change that. And, you know, we're going to start with this episode. This episode, I'm going to share with you the personal things, the successes and the failures and everything in between from what has honestly been one of the hardest years of my life, especially personally. I know that you want to and you need to hear what life is really like behind the scenes and most of all behind the gram. And I'll tell you, it's definitely not all perfect. That is for sure. In the spirit of transparency and real conversations, I'm also going to be recording an episode to talk about my business and the ups and downs from that. And along with Troy, we're also going to record an episode about our real estate business and the growth in the last 12 months from 9 to 33 rental doors. If you're doing the mental math on this, this means I have three episodes worth of failures and successes from just one month. Because the truth is, the bigger you play, the more you try things, the more you experiment, the more you fail and you flop. And we sure did a lot of that in the last year. This episode is for you if you feel like you're the only one who struggles. Trust me, you are not. If you are craving more real, deep conversations and the truth of the good and the bad, the highlights and the lowlights, if you worry at all that you fell behind the last year like I felt for some of it, listen in because I know I have to reflect. I have to intentionally take time out to carve out and celebrate how far I've come. Otherwise, I always just focus on the things I should be doing and the things I haven't yet done. So this is your reminder, friendly, loving reminder right here, right now, to make sure you celebrate yourself because I know that even though you worry that you're behind, you feel like you didn't do enough, you've come a long way and you are incredible. If you feel like the last year has been a bit of a waste or heck, if you just want to listen to my flops and the real story, this is me going to be spilling the tea, which is apparently what the kids are saying these days. Don't get it. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to feel inspired, if you want to hear that even when things are hard, even when you mess up, you fail, things don't go as planned, you fall behind, all the things, you can still learn, grow, expand, and be successful no matter what your definition is. One of my favorite quotes I read, and I couldn't find the source of this, hate when that happens, it was that uh, 2020 was the year I thought I'd get everything I wanted. Turns out it's the year I appreciate what I have. I can't say that I'm sad to leave the last year behind, but I can truly say that I am a stronger, more confident, albeit a little more tired person here right now talking to you in 2021. Get cozy. This episode is straight from my heart, and while I wish... I really, really wish that I could sit next to you on a patio, we could pour a cup of tea or a glass of champs and we could share this together in person. At the time of recording, which is the end of March 2021, so if you're keeping track here, that means I'm really late on recording this, it's not possible for us to be together, but it's still possible for us to have real conversations. It starts with this episode and it starts with me talking about my personal mistakes in this one and you're going to hear business mistakes and real estate ups and downs in the next ones. We're also going to be sharing stories from our community, 
and the lessons that they learned because it's time to peel back the curtain on all these things. It's time for us to have real conversations about ups and downs and what success really looks like. So close your eyes, unless you're driving, and imagine that we're beside each other. You are a great friend to me, and that part is not pretend. Listen in as I peel back the curtain on the truth, the truth behind the hardest year of my life. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of Golden Girls Podcast, all about my personal ups and downs of 2020. If you've been following for a while, welcome back and thank you so much for being here. If you're new, welcome. I love you already. It's been a while since we've recorded an episode and I'm super excited to be back and chatting with you. Let me tell you, there are a lot of things that I'm really passionate about when it comes to success and mindset and goals. And one of the things that I am the most passionate and soapboxy about is reflection. I'm a bit advocate of doing it weekly, doing it monthly. I got more episodes about that. Go listen. But one of the things that I am also an advocate of is doing a deep, thorough dive every year. This is more than your obligatory standing around the New Year's party, remember those, uh, and asking each other, what was the best part of your year? Or what are you most looking forward to in the next year? I really like to go deeper. And this is episode, this this one and the one about business and the one about real estate is the result of what my year in review actually looked like when I did this deep dive. Doing this process always gives me clarity and leaves me feeling refreshed. Let me tell you, I'm recording this end of March 2021, so three months into the year, but doing this process, going looking back at the last 12 months, anytime, it always feels good. It doesn't have to be December 31st to do it. When you take stock of the last 12 months, it can be very powerful no matter where you are. It is such a beautiful thing to take the time and first of all, celebrate how far you have come and then extract the lessons, what worked, what didn't, before you take a leap into the next season, the next stage, the next goal, the next year of your life. If you want to do your own year in review, I have a free guide and you can grab it at lisamichaud.com slash year in review and the link is in the show notes. I've done this for the last five years or so, every year. It's empowering. It's beautiful. It's important for me. I'm a type A overachiever. I want to just do more and more and more. And so it's such a space for me to stop, breathe, celebrate, and be like, oh, it's okay. You did good. I have to say though, 2020, hardest year of my life. I'm even more grateful for this process now. While I appreciate, you know I love you. I so appreciate listening to this episode. Most of all, I want to encourage you to do your own review. Check in. Whether you look at all of 2020, whether you look at the last 12 months, the last 15 months, even the last decade, it actually doesn't matter the time frame. What matters is that you pause, you check in, you celebrate, and you realign before you move forward. Also, gotta say this, I had a hard year, and you probably relate to this. Uh, in the past, I've had a hard time sharing this. Number one, I definitely felt as a coach, as someone, you know, my I'm a host of a podcast called Golden Girls Podcast, I have to have it all figured out. I felt this pressure to have it all figured out to only have successes. And that's just not real. And what I've realized is that the more that I lean into and the more that I share the truth of the goods and the bads, the more that you guys actually want to work with me, that I get to help you, that we get to open up and we go to get to go to a deeper level together through this podcast, through our community, through our mastermind, through the coaching that we do, all that work, because I'm willing to go first and tell you where things are messy. So if... It, I don't know what your profession is. I don't know what your family background is. I don't know what your social media brand is. But if you ever feel a pressure to just have it all together, to be perfect, that you have to do that, I just invite you to check in. Because I know for me, I thought that's what I had to be to be successful, to get clients, for people to have people listen to me and trust me. And the opposite was in fact true. The more that I share, the more I open up about the truth, the more that people actually resonate with me. And sure, some people are not into it and that's okay. They're not listening to this. But the ones that I really want to speak to, the people that I really want to help and serve and show up for, they want to hear the good and the bad. 
And so I just invite you to look in your own life too. Where is that maybe holding you back? Now, let me also share this. The other reason why this is hard to share is because I know that relatively speaking, I am incredibly fortunate and I have privilege as well. Nobody in my family has lost our jobs. We didn't lose our businesses. Uh, we definitely, and I'll talk about this more in the business and real estate episodes, we certainly had financial hurdles. We lost a lot of money, but we were always safe. We had a roof over our head. We had food to eat. Our families were healthy. We didn't lose anyone close to us in the last year. And I just want to take a moment and honor you if any of those things, all of those things, if something, whatever has happened in your life, you've had tragedy, loss, trauma, grief, it's valid, it's real, and it matters. And sometimes it feels like because I haven't had any of those things or like those really, quote, horrible things happen, I can't complain. Let me say this too. Like in the past, I felt guilty for complaining. I would think things like, who do I think I am? I am so lucky. It, I could be worse. I should just be grateful for what I have. Maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you've said this to yourself. <laughs> but over the last few years, I've learned to honor my struggle and validate my grief and hardship because both of these things can exist. I can be grateful and appreciate the blessings and I can express and honor my grief and validate that things are hard. And the same thing is for you too. And I would argue that this is essential, that we have to create space in our lives, in our conversations for not just black and white, for good or bad, or for blessings or or hard times, but instead make room for the gray space, for this nuance, for the this and the that. In this episode, that means that while right here, right now, I acknowledge my privilege, I acknowledge my blessings, I can tell you I know that I have it better than a lot of other people, and I'm grateful for that. And also, my, I struggled, and my struggles are real, and my I face anxiety, mental health issues, and even if all I have to say is it was hard, that that's enough, both are okay. What I've also realized is that when I honor both, and I encourage you to do the same in yourself, I have so much greater empathy for others. And I have an understanding that, man, if this was hard for me and I have all these really good things in my life, I can hold a lot more compassion for those who do not. I can be more patient in the world. I can throw my support, my time, my money, compassion towards causes and change that will help others as well. Before we go in, we're going to do a listener shout out. Uh, I so appreciate all of you that leave a review. We read each and every one of them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's one from Sarah. Sarah says, Golden Girls Podcast is so good. Tangible and approachable tools and strategies shared by Lisa. She is blessed with such wisdom and a spirit of joy. Absolutely love it and love her. Well, thank you, Sarah, and I love you too. If you enjoy these episodes, if something I've I've said has helped you or you think it helps somebody else, please take a moment, hit pause right now, again, unless you're driving, and leave a written review in the podcast app. It would really mean so much to us and it helps others like you find this podcast too. Without further ado, let me open up my life and share with you failures and successes. Let's start with the juicy failures because, I mean, that's what everyone wants to know, right? Okay, here are some things that did not work well in 2020. Losing our childcare. That was really tough. I know it was difficult for everybody. I know schools were shut down. Daycare was closed. I don't know how other people feel, but I know for myself, the last year felt harder than when Sonoma was a newborn because all of a sudden our village was pulled away. We couldn't get help from grandparents. We couldn't get help from friends. We couldn't even hire help if we wanted to. And it was such a reminder that it mindset is always the foundation. Even though, you know, we are, we had a two year old at the time, we had systems, we had processes, we had tools, we had resources in place. They were taken away in a heartbeat. And so it really does take the mindset. It takes resiliency and creativity to be able to stand back up when all of your support systems are taken away. I'll also say this, that was still not fully enough. Like I had a good mindset to get us through, but it still made it really hard. And it is because I truly don't think that anyone's meant to raise kids alone. It takes a village. None of us are meant, we are social beings. We are meant to be together, meant to be helping and supporting each other. So I think I just see so much more of how the village is valuable, of how we can't do it alone. I recognize that even the best mindset in the world, it can still be very difficult to do it all on your own. So mindset matters and so do support systems. They both do. Another thing that didn't work so well is a lot of my business systems were kind of overwhelming. And I'll talk about this more in the business episode, but what I just wanted to touch on here is that because it's a business. And, and if any of you have a business or maybe your your job is like this too, when it's so intense, when it's overwhelming, there's nowhere else for it to go but to spill into your personal life. And that's what happened for me. Especially when we were working from home, 
I mean, I, I always have, but it was even harder because it was the only option and we didn't have childcare. It got really difficult to distinguish that work and personal line. And because work was such a disaster in a lot of ways, to be really honest, it spilled into my personal life. So that was something as well that just didn't work. And it's one of the reasons why this year I'm really focusing on the systems and the processes so that that doesn't happen again. Well, let me tell you something else that I has not worked and has been difficult is trying to do all the things because I'm still a little reluctant to outsource in some ways. I'm getting better, but it's still a tough one. Let me give you a really solid concrete example. Hiring a house cleaner. We, for pretty much our whole lives, have never had a cleaner. We've hired one once in a while, but in November, I finally realized I couldn't do it all. And so when Troy was away, I started hiring a cleaner. This is really hard. It actually feels vulnerable just to share this because there's a lot of pieces around like, well, my mom did it, so why can't I? And maybe that money we better spend somewhere else. And what else might like all those things? It's real, right? Um, I think something for Troy too. You know, we're we're figuring this out. It's something that we struggle with. Another big part of why this is hard is because a part of how, why we were became financially stable and successful, we became millionaires before we turned 30, was because we were frugal, because we did things ourselves. We cleaned our house the whole, basically the last 12 years that we've been together, and we saved that money. We made our own lunches, and we brought them to work every day instead of eating out every day. It's been a foregoing, you know, having other people wash our car, detail our car, fix our car. It's been foregoing nail appointments and eyebrow appointments and new clothes and new cars, foregoing the things that don't matter as much in exchange for us being able to focus on the things that do matter and building up a real asset base. Now we have that asset base and it's really starting to pay us and starting to grow. And so we have to kind of relearn this. I am super proud to say that I've had the cleaners uh, one to two times a month while Troy's away and it's been amazing. And I think the next step is to do it when he's home because he always says, oh, I can clean it when I'm home. But let's be real here. The first question is, but will you? Really? Will you? (laughs) And the second better question is, yeah, but what would you rather be doing instead? Clearly, we are still a work in progress on this. Don't have all the answers. But I know that being reluctant to outsource has made it hard, made that year harder. And starting to shift that has already made things easier. I hope that when I share, if I do another episode like this next year, that I can just be like, oh, yes, we have all the help. We've gotten over this hurdle. But right now, it's still one where we are wading through and figuring out. Okay, let's talk about mental health here. And I want to just say, uh, I'm going to talk about anxiety and depression here. Um, and I'm not an expert. This is just me sharing my experience and maybe it'll help you too. At the end of 2019, so about a year and a bit ago, for the first time I struggled with anxiety. And at the beginning of 2020, it got really bad. I had a failed launch. Sonoma and I were both sick. We had some household emergencies, family emergencies, health scares, and we lost our daycare all in the course of about six weeks. Then we found another daycare, and within three weeks of that happening, COVID hit, and we all know how that turned out. Funny enough, for the first couple months of COVID, I actually didn't have any anxiety. I felt uncertainty. I felt stress. I was overwhelmed. I was tired from solo parenting and trying to work, but it wasn't the anxiety attacks that I'd been previously experiencing. When normal-ish returned in the summertime, so did my anxiety. And I realized that there was a very clear link between a few things. And this is what I guess I want to share with you is that what I've learned is to look for the patterns and also learn to listen for what my body is trying to tell me in these moments where my mental health is not thriving. Because I believe there's always a message and there's always a pattern. One of the patterns I noticed was anxiety surrounding both balancing business and motherhood. When I got to be just one of those things, I... And great when it was, you know, COVID. In the very beginning, I had to balance both, but then I was able to kind of taper off my work commitments and basically just do a lot of motherhood. And I was, that was okay. But when I do both is when I feel really stretched and I really struggle. I also noticed a pattern around anxiety leaving the house, especially on weekend mornings, trying to get everything together and think about everything and not forget anything. And just the whole idea of getting out the door. I had anxiety attacks before what should have been some of the happiest days. And they ended up being okay afterwards. Like, for example, a day at the water park. But I really, really had a hard time doing that. What I learned, working with a therapist, of course, uh, learned some standard techniques like 54321. Google that um, if you want to know. Bringing awareness and recognizing anxiety as something separate than myself. Um, And taking it that level deeper, what I was saying is that I also now believe that anxiety is always showing something in my life. It's a pattern. It's what what is actually happening here. And it's showing me somewhere I need attention. Maybe it's that I need more support. I need more compassion. Maybe I need more intentional self-care or rest, or there's something I need to heal. It could be lots of these things and it could be a combination, but there's always something that I can learn from it. 
2020 is also a year where I slipped into de- uh, depression. I would say slight depression. I'm hesitant to even use the word because I – but I know I know what I felt. And this happened twice, once in the summer and once in December over the holidays. In the summertime, I had days where I literally just could not find any kind of joy. The thought of things that typically made me happy, the beach or friendships or a patio, I couldn't get up to make it happen and I couldn't even imagine doing them and feeling and finding joy. That was an experience I will never forget and it's given me a deeper awareness, understanding, and compassion for anyone who has ever struggled with depression. At the end of the year over the holidays, I found myself really I don't like I'm, I feel like I'm on this all I can the only word I can say is just struggle everything just felt hard I found myself crying like 10 times a day I was not okay and in one of those crying spells on the floor heaving I asked myself what do I need right now what is the message of all this and it came through very clear from my intuition you need a break that was it you need a break that experience is what prompted my me to take my staycation where I literally booked a hotel five minutes away and left for a weekend. I'll share about that more in, in a future episode too. That was helpful. It was amazing. And as much as I would never wish this on anyone, for me, there was a clear lesson in in that that moment, in that, that rough season in, in, over the holidays. And that message was take a break and consciously continue to build in breaks so that you don't get to this point. I'm not saying don't get help. I'm not saying don't see a therapist. Please, if you are listening if this resonates for you, get support, get help, talk to someone. You don't need to do it alone. And I know for myself, and this may be, may be for you too, if it feels right for you in these moments, check in. Notice what the patterns are. Ask yourself what you need. For me, the answers really surprised me and they were exactly what I needed to know and needed to hear. Both have changed my life for the better. These were messages that I needed to hear. These were changes I needed to create in my life. These were things I needed to receive, and I don't know how else I would have heard it. So as much as it was really difficult, when I was able to, so far, really explore the lessons, the patterns, and create changes to not fall into those patterns again. All right, let's talk about loneliness. I One of the questions that came from you guys was, if I experienced loneliness in the last year and how I overcame it. And the answer to this is heck yes. Uh, the holidays, again, a really big one. Lots of loneliness. I was solo parenting. And I'm an extrovert. I, I crave people and connections. And that was really tough. Uh, over the holidays, I ended up doing a whole lot more than I had the capacity for. It's a long story. I won't go into it. But I was exhausted going in and exhausted coming out. And I needed to look at this and say, what do I need to, what do I need to learn here? And sometimes there is a reminder in to, you know, to be grateful, to count your blessings. But other times, and this time in particular over the holidays with that loneliness, I needed to remember to take a break. And I needed to remember that I need solitude, which is crazy for an extrovert to say that, but solitude, that my body needs time, my mind needs times, all those things. The holidays were very lonely for me. Um, and, you know, whenever I'm solo parenting, I definitely have to make a solid effort to connect and talk to other people, talk to other humans. I think how I overcame this year and loneliness, one of them was definitely becoming more comf- comfortable in solitude. And not just comfortable, but actually starting to relish it and really enjoy it. Just the other night, I went out to a restaurant by myself while they were still open and brought a book and it was delicious. It was just so nice to be alone, to be with myself. And that's something I very surprising that came out of last year, but it's been really great. Also, virtual calls are really big ones. Even uh, doing calls while I walk and pick Sonoma up from daycare. Also, shout out to Golden Girls Community, Golden Girls Mastermind. It's amazing how much I didn't even realize this until I'm even sharing this in the moment, but my business has been a lifeline for me personally because the women in our community, in our mastermind, they're so incredible. I love showing up for our get it done days, our virtual co-working. I love for our, showing up for our calls, for our networking parties because it's such a gift to get to know them, to connect, to socialize. I think it it definitely, funny enough, my own, our own, the offerings that we have in our business have been a lifeline for me. I also do a monthly call with my girlfriends, a couple of them once a month, and that that is so amazing. I wish I could do more, um, but that is that's been such a blessing. We've also been hanging out with Sonoma's daycare friends outside, which has been awesome. Like it's just been so lovely, and making connections. Um, you know, I think people are now wanting to make connections more than ever, and it's funny, but. Um, 
even just this is some of these things, by the way, I read in the book Burnout from Amelia and Emily Nagoski. Sorry, uh, I'll drop the link in the show notes below. But one of the things they talk about, and it's funny how I was kind of doing this on an intuitive level, but it's good worth knowing. There's a lot of research that actually shows that just genuinely complimenting even a stranger, genuinely complimenting them, you know, with a mask on from a distance, that can help with loneliness and help with that feeling more connected to others. So that is something that I was doing. And after learning that there's research validating this, I was like, oh, I can double down on this. I can do more of this. So those are the things that I found really helped for me overcoming loneliness. I I don't even know if overcoming, like getting getting through loneliness, doing my best to thrive through it, and also knowing that some days are better than others. Okay, here's another thing that didn't, I guess it didn't work or something else that was really challenging. I've only ever shared this internally at our workshops. It's a bit vulnerable to share, but uh, here we go. There was a time last summer when I was really struggling with Sonoma. It felt like it was tantrums all the time. I was just not enjoying motherhood. And that was a big surprise for me because I really enjoyed the baby years. I've loved being a mom. I love my daughter, but I was not enjoying motherhood. I am a big fan of exploring deeper and asking the uncomfortable questions and doing a lot of exploration. So I did. And one of the questions I asked that you can ask, by the way, anytime things are not going your way is what am I getting from this situation? So I had to ask, what am I getting from Sonoma being difficult? In what ways is this serving me or is this helping me? This is the big aha. So on the surface, I was getting a really difficult child. So I was like, okay, but what does that mean? Like, how is this helping? As I say this, I know what you're thinking. Because I thought it, well, how the heck is having a really difficult child helping you right now? How is this possible? But what I looked at is, okay, what does this mean? It meant I was overwhelmed. And I had to ask, how could this be benefiting me? What could this, what could this be about? So here's the real talk. This is around the time when Troy and I were talking about expanding our family and potentially having a second child. The truth is, in my heart, I wasn't ready for another child. And um, I'm still not. And at the time, it didn't feel like I could just say that. That I could just say, I don't want to have another kid and it'd be okay. I felt like I needed a reason to not have another kid. A reason beyond I just don't feel like it right now or it's our family is complete right now or whatever that is. So. Aha, this was my excuse. My child being so difficult was my excuse for not being able to have another one. So when people asked, or even when I asked this question, when I had this, because I didn't even have the courage to say this to myself, my reason was I'm barely handling one child. There's no way that I can have another. Now, this might sound a little woo, but remember, I'm a little woo and a little do. I'm a blend of both and so are you. Hear me out here. As soon as I had this realization, as soon as I gave myself permission that it was okay to not have another kid, even if the only reason why was because I didn't want to, a lot changed. It may have been my energy, maybe my stress level, maybe the vibes I was giving off. I I don't know what it was. It wasn't a parenting book. I didn't read more parenting books. But from that moment, Sonoma had less tantrums. She became a pleasure again. She became a joy. We had some of the best weeks ever together this summertime, together at the water park, the amusement park, the beach, everywhere. It was such an incredible and profound shift. This really reminded me of the power of energy and also that there's always a reason something is happening. This isn't about, you know, victim blaming or shaming. It's not about this. It's simply about where in situations where it's empowering for us, how can we recognize where we may be subconsciously creating situations that are less than ideal to protect ourselves, whether it's from societal expectations or things we learned as children or the relationships that we have or whatever dynamic is happening in our life at the time. I'm going to tie this even like one layer deeper here. My mom was an only child. She always told me that it was horrible being an only child, that she never wanted that for me. And because people used to say things like this, I maybe people still do, maybe I feel like they don't anymore, but she used to tell people, don't have just one kid. It was horrible for me. And I'm sorry to anybody that that had to hear that because I can imagine, you know, what that can feel like if you were like me and feeling really vulnerable about that decision. Um, I certainly, obviously, held on to this at some level. And this was another form of protection from, I didn't want to disappoint my mom or I didn't want to have to face that situation where, you know, someone else was sharing with me that it was so hard to be an only child and I had to own up to the fact that I was going to potentially let my kid be an only child and maybe that was going to be horrible and they were going to hate it. Because I couldn't handle it. I guess if I couldn't handle it, that felt like a legitimate reason. But if 
It was just because my heart felt complete that didn't feel like a good enough reason. Oh, that was really vulnerable. (sighs) Thank you for listening. And I hope that this gives you more permission to explore and figure out what may be happening in your life. Oh, that was big. Okay. (laughs) For the record, something else I'm exploring now, because this has been a really powerful question and shifting for me, is I'm exploring what I'm getting from having constant stress in my life because things seem to keep coming up and seem to keep happening. And I'm exploring how my body might actually be thriving or relying on adrenaline to survive and is resulting in me creating more adrenaline and having more stressors. For example, things like making myself late so that I have that fire and that energy to keep going or things like getting sick or daycare closures or other stressors that have come in lately. Like where is that serving me and how am I why might this be being perpetuated? What am I protecting myself from? So anyway, stay tuned. I don't have all the answers on that. Probably the 2021 version, sorry, 20, yeah. In 2022, I'll share the 2021 version of this episode when I figure this out. Okay. A few more failures and messes. Uh, here we go. I was voted off of our strata council. This was a tough one. I was on the strata council for, I think it was, it was four or five years. And I enjoyed it. I felt like I was making a contribution. This was also very interesting to, to not be reelected because on an intuitive level, I knew it was coming, but my mind was rationalizing that, that it wouldn't. Over the last year, if you can imagine running one of the biggest stratas in probably the province, uh, there was a lot, it was very difficult. There was lots of challenges. It was a, it was a lot of responsibility, a lot of time commitments. And lots of difficult decisions to be made. Over the last, over the year that I was working with the, on the council, there were a lot of times where I debated, should I speak up? Should, is it, should I share this? Because it's probably going to be unpopular. Maybe you felt the same, whether it's at work, with your team and your family and an organization. I knew before I spoke up that I was taking a risk. And I knew that it might mean that this was unpopular and I may not get reelected. And maybe you've had this, maybe you know when you share this, you're afraid that someone's going to get angry or friendship will end or you're going to get fired or lose the opportunity for promotion or lose a client. You know that feeling, right? We, We all have it. We sense it. What I did in those moments is I checked in with myself and I said, what is my intention here? Is my intention to be right? Is this, is this an ego thing? Or is my intention here to add value? And do I believe that this is the best thing for the building? I would ask and check in and be sure that if I was just trying to be right or trying to make someone else feel small, because let me tell you, I still have those thoughts and I still make those mistakes sometimes. My, I still operate from ego once in a while. It, it, I'm still human. We're navigating this. If that was my inclination, then I would not speak up. But if I really believed that what I was sharing, my opinions, ideas, my vote was what was best for the building, then I would ask myself, is it worth me? not being a part of this council for me to voice my opinion right now. Basically, will the building be better served if I stay quiet and stay on the council longer term? Or is the building going to be better if I speak my opinion now, knowing later that I may not be here to make it better? Well, you can probably guess which one I chose. (laughs) That I often chose, uh, not always, but sometimes, that I was going to speak my opinion, make things better now, knowing that later on, I may not get reelected. And when I wasn't reelected, it stung. I cried and I was hurt for a few days. And something that was able to comfort me in in those moments, and as I reflect back on it now, is I felt solid in how I showed up. I felt confident. I knew what I'd consciously done. And I felt like I made the right decision for the building and for myself. And that was a big lesson because I think every step along the way, we have to make these decisions. And sometimes it is it would have been better for me to not voice my opinion on a certain thing because I knew that it wasn't the big picture. And sometimes we have to speak up. Only you know the answer to that and you've got to be able to trust that. The other really interesting thing is here that I also relearned to trust my intuition. I know who the good people are in my life and the people who... I don't want to say that they're not good people, but they're just not my people. And I knew this on an intuitive level. I could sense where the real relationships, their genuine relationships were and where they weren't. And I didn't trust myself enough. This experience allowed me and reconnected myself to my intuition. I now I'm going to, I'm listening, having a more solid sense of who's worth investing time in and who's not. I'm ready to listen. So there you go. Holy moly. A lot of really vulnerable things. You can see that 
there's a lot of things that didn't work, a lot of lessons to be learned. And what I always say too, it's not just about dwelling on the failures or the things that didn't work, but about looking at the lesson. And it's funny, as I look back at these, I can feel the heaviness. I can feel how hard these things were. And I know I'm a stronger, more resilient, more intuitive, better human, better coach, better mama, a better me, which is, that's what I'm here for. So yes, they were all failures. Yes, those were hard times and I don't want to do them again, but I'm pretty grateful for for coming out on the other side. All right, now let's talk about the good things. Let's talk about the successes. First of all, let's talk money in the pandemic. In March 2020, our stock portfolio dropped by almost half a million dollars in a day. That was a lot. Around the same time, we were also taking possession of a 13-unit building. At the same time, the BC government also made it so that tenants didn't have to pay rent so that people would have housing stability, which is a positive. But at the same time, they also made it so that landlords couldn't evict people. And right away, I will tell you, some panic set in. We lost about half a million dollars. And now we were going to be responsible for 22 people's mortgages plus our own. So 23 mortgages without knowing what if we were going to get paid. And we didn't know how long this was going to happen for. We really were afraid that we were going to be bankrupted, that this might be the end, that we worked hard for all these years, that we saved, that we built assets, and that it could all be taken away. At the same time, we like, – let's move this conversation away from just money and to – and that's not just money. That's so much more than that. But um, but also to like, we couldn't travel. Concerts were canceled. Trips were canceled. We couldn't see friends. And I was missing all these great parts of my life so much. Now, that's all like the crappy things. Hold on. I promise it's a good thing. The good thing is, the cool thing is that I was grateful for every single penny. I was grateful for every single penny, every dollar that we had saved. And I was grateful for every single penny, every single dollar that I had spent. Let me talk about this. So I was grateful for the pennies we saved. We, I knew that we would have enough in savings to carry our properties for a few years if we, ha- we, if we had to, without even selling any assets or without having to dig into our registered RSPs or TFSAs. And that felt really good. I mean, obviously, we didn't want to have to come to that. We, and the fact that our stocks were tipping that big crash wasn't great. But I knew we had a cushion. We had a safety net. And I was so grateful for the times that we thought ahead, that we planned ahead, and we took action to build a solid founda- foundation financially. I was also just as grateful for all the money that we had spent and had fun on. We had recently been to the island, Vancouver Island, with my family, and we got photos done together. And since my year hadn't gone the way I planned, I was feeling a little bit guilty about spending that money, about doing this travel. But when that was no longer an option, I had thanked my lucky stars that we did it. I thank my lucky stars that we got to spend time with my family, that we took the trip, that we got to be in a new city because all of a sudden that was no longer a thing we could do. I was so grateful for the 34 countries that I've been to travel to, for all the restaurants I got to eat in, and I've eaten at some darn good restaurants over the year and spent a lot of pennies on this, let me tell you that. I was grateful for every concert I've been to, the spa days I took, the adventures we had from skydiving and diving with sharks and rock climbing and hiking volcanoes in Guatemala and wine touring in Italy, all these really cool things. I was so grateful that I got to spend money uh, to experience and live life and spend time with people because that mattered. Why am I sharing this? It's not to brag and say, oh, look at me. I had enough money to do all these things. Or It's not that. But it's to say that this is what I believe money management and financial planning is really about. It's not about specific ratios or a dollar figure. It's about a feeling. It's a feeling of I am so grateful and in love with the money that I've saved because it provides for me when I need it. And I'm so grateful and in love with the money I spent because it made me happy and joyful and I'm living a great life. To be able to have those of those two things, that, that is what financial planning is about. And after a whole lot of years about learning on money, after all, I have a double major in accounting and finance over here, learning about money and then putting it into practice, I got to tell you, I was so proud of how it felt in that time and how far we've come. And that is my, that is my advice to you from this success is to look at how you can find the right balance for you. The balance of loving all the money that you've saved and being grateful for it and loving and being grateful for the money that you saved too. Because if you can feel good in both of those situ- in that situation for both of the things to be true, I believe that is really, you've learned to manage your money. You've learned, you've learned financial planning because you can feel good about both of those things. Another thing that worked really well for us was redefining what our year was going to be. And we all have had to do that. We're all continuing to have to do that. 
early on in the pandemic in the year, Troy and I had to have con- conversations around, hey, what's possible now? What is possible this year that wasn't before? There was a lot of things that were not possible. You know, baby shark concerts, weddings got canceled, travel. So those things can happen. But it did Heck, daycare, date nights, those things made it a lot more difficult. But it ended up opening up space for a lot of other things. And we used it as an opportunity to make other things happen. Like, for example, growing our real estate business, for having more downtime, for organizing our house. Yes, we did a lot of that. For getting a hot tub, more on that to come. For me creating my planner and journal, which is now out. For onboarding our team, for creating processes. And like, a lot of this is not sexy stuff. It's not like, oh, wow, this was the best. But I'd rather be traveling, but that wasn't an option. And so the best thing that we can do is sometimes look at what is possible here now? What can I do? And I think, feel like we did a really good job of that. So wherever you're at in life, that's just a really great question when things don't go your way to ask, what is possible now? What can I do now that I couldn't do before? All right. Uh, one of the questions that came in is, how did you not get discouraged when making, or when plans kept getting derailed by hashtag 2020? So Definitely, just to tie this all back, I think asking what's possible now really helped and it helped in like the bigger picture. But let me also give you another example of this. Um, My goal, I said it on March 6th, which is so cute as I look back. uh, And my goal was to speak. It was to lean into my speaking business and really grow that. By March 20th, not even two weeks later, our daycare was gone uh, and my pipeline for all my speaking engagements that I've been building was obliterated. It was gone. And it was hard. I'm a goal girl. I am a type A. I want to get things done. And I made this claim. And I knew also knew that I had gotten a lot of fears. I gotten over a lot of fears just to claim this as my goal. And there it was. It was gone. And I had to ask the same question. What's possible now? So <laughs> now it's time to learn to outsource. It's time to get help. In our personal life, it was also time to potty train. I was like, okay, well, we can't go anywhere. So let's do that. It was a time to be a mom. Like that, I... That was the time to do that. And time to focus on what I can control. Toilet paper? Just kidding. Definitely couldn't control that. Uh, I could control food. I could control exercise or the what I was putting in my body. I could control exercise. How was I moving my body? I could control meditation and calling my friends and crying and feeling and grieving. Those are the things that I could control, not the things that I couldn't. So that those are two things that definitely really helped me when things kept getting derailed. Asking what's possible now focusing on what I could control. And the last one I would say is constant check-ins and reflections. Those are a must. When you're in a big period of transition or transformation or challenge, we, Troy and I actually learned this when we lost our beginning, or sorry, we lost our daycare at the beginning of 2020. So this is pre-COVID because we lost our daycare twice last year. Um, We were doing this every few hours because it was such a stressful time for us. We were just reeling from a lot of things happening in our lives. And literally a couple times a day, we would just check in with each other and say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What do you need right now? And if you have a partner to do this with, a team to do this with, great. But if you just have to do this for yourself, do this with yourself. It will make the difference. Okay. Here's another really cool thing that happened in 2020 that I'm really proud of. It was getting a personal chef. I know what you're thinking. Oh boy, that's bougie. What the heck? And here's the thing. I didn't actually get a personal chef because probably like you, when you hear me say, personal chef, you think, isn't that just for rich people? That's what I thought too. I wrote it in my journal for years and I had it on my vision board and always thought about like, I have a personal chef. It is a goal of mine. But I assumed it would cost me $80,000, $100,000 a year. And frankly, we're just not there financially yet. The struggle is this. I love delicious, healthy food, but I don't enjoy the process of cooking and organizing and planning and all the things. For a while, we were using Good Food, which is one of those packaged meal deliveries, and it was it was really good. Um, definitely, w- that was a step up for me having to do everything. But then, on a whim, I was introduced to a personal chef, and I inquired about her services. And then she started making pre-made meals, and I thought it would cost so much more. But when I actually did the research and looked into it, I found out that I could actually make it happen. That it wasn't such a financial stretch that it was actually pretty easy. So for the last almost year now, I've been getting pre-made meals when Troy's away. It probably only costs us, to be honest, I haven't even noticed a big difference. Maybe an extra $20 to $30, maybe $50 if I'm being like really generous here. It was not a big difference. And my life has changed significantly. I cannot understate this. Before, I was spending at least 45 minutes to an hour cooking after I picked Sonoma up from daycare. We'd spend 30 minutes or more eating and another 30 minutes to clean up. But that didn't count picking up groceries or um, 
you know, going through the fridge and all those things. Literally, I would pick her up, cook, eat, clean up, and then I had no quality time with her and I wasn't enjoying my life. My mindset here is what held me back. For so long, I assumed I'd have to have $100,000 a year to pay a personal chef if I wanted anything to change. And that's what I want you to take away from this story. I want you to take away that what you want, there's probably a way to get it in a different way sooner than you think. If you're in Vancouver, by the way, check out Kula Kitchen, check out Oko Meals, and check out Ray's Nutrition. They are my go-tos in the city. They are incredible if you're there, and I'm linking to all of them below. Um, incredible, incredible call. Meals, companies, uh, love them. I'm like drooling already as I'm thinking about them. <laughs> but the bigger picture of the story is this, not just about the food if you're in Vancouver, but what desires do you have that you're telling yourself aren't possible now? Have you actually looked into it? And I ask that because I didn't. And I live and breathe this stuff every day. So whatever you're writing down in your journal, whatever it is you want to manifest, whatever's on your vision board, whatever goal you have for your life, I want you to actually do the research, figure out what it would cost. What would it take? What would it look like before you rule it out as not possible? What would it look like? How could you do this? Because this blew my mind. Do your research. Find out what it's going to take. Make a plan to get what you want. Don't just assume that it's impossible, which so many people do. Don't assume that it's five years away or 20 years away or even worse, that it will never happen. Get the facts, and then you're empowered to actually make a great decision or an awesome plan to get there. Another thing that really was great in 2020 is that I focused on sleep and made sleep a quality priority. And maybe one day I'll do a whole episode on this, but I'll tell you, in the beginning of the year, I was tired. And in February, we lost our childcare, and I was even more tired. And then COVID hit, and holy moly, I it was something I really needed. So I spent the lot, I was struggling with a lot of insomnia. I was struggling to fall asleep. I was struggling to stay asleep. It just wasn't going well. So I've been playing a lot with my sleep quality and working to improve it. And here's a few things that I've done that have helped me. The biggest impact and the least sexy is just being more consistent with bedtime and wake up time. I've got nailed that down. I also do magnesium before bed. I spray some on my foot and I take magnesium thyronate. Ooh, I should check that name. Um, I take magnesium before bed. Oh, uh, I take vitamin D in the morning when I wake up. I use blue light filtering glasses uh, in the evening, usually after about 8 p.m. I use a blue light reduction on my computer and my iPhone. I use a sleep tracker. I use a sleep cycle app. Um, I use a sleep mask. And even though we have really good curtains, I wanted better. I want it to be really dark. I use a cold bedroom. I use essential oils. Once in a while, I use CBD oil, like literally all the things. And I'm still a little tired. I've still been navigating this and figuring it out, but my sleep quality or my sleep has improved so much and my insomnia is for the most part gone. So I'm so glad that I focus on sleep because I don't think I would be where I am. I don't think it'd be as happy and joyful and have clarity if I wasn't feeling rested. Another thing that worked really well I'm really proud of is that I prioritized workouts in the beginning of COVID. I worked out almost every day for two months. I got in up early. I got in every single day. I lost a little bit of this in the last few months in November and December. Sonoma, her sleep is all over the place. We got sick, all those things. Um, so this is actually, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, it's a good reminder for me to go back to this. But I'm really proud that even in the hardest time, I recognize that that was a foundational thing. So here's my commitment to you. I'm getting back into this. I'm going to make this happen because if I could prioritize workouts during COVID, I can do it anytime. If I could do it, especially mornings, if I can do mornings, anything is possible. Like that's that's it. Um, the last thing that I think was a really big blessing and a good thing that came out of 2020 is getting more consistent with my self-care. I made it a priority to meditate. Um, I started doing Scandinavian spa nights. So Scandinavian spa is a spa in Whistler, BC that has hot, cold therapy. And when obviously I couldn't go, I just started doing that at home. I would do 15 minute baths in like hot water showers and then a one minute cold, one to two minute cold shower. And then I just sit for 15 minutes. And it is like the most incredible feeling afterwards to feel that. And I would just do that two or three times in an evening and just have it be my night. And absolutely love it. I also started floating and going to infrared sauna more consistently. And while I'll say this has been the hardest year to make any kind of self-care work, I realize more than ever how much I need it and how much is essential. The one thing that hasn't happened is spending time with friends. And that's definitely something that is a piece of self-care for me and that I miss. And I'm hoping that that will change this year. But being more consistent with self-care is, has been a gift in the last year and not perfect at it. Cause like I said, December was still really hard. It was like my reminder to get back and do better, but I made some real progress. I'm proud of that. So there you have it. That's all the things. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed learning and hearing the real life failures that they're not, those are not prettied up. This is not covered up or skimmed over on social media. This is not the highlight reel. This is the, the real life reel. So if you're with me, let's keep this conversation going. 
I want to go beyond just the surface level. Those those interactions that are like, hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We don't when the truth is that things aren't always good all the time. So if you want more, stay tuned for the next few episodes. We are doing a business and review. Troy's coming on. We're going to do a real estate review, uh, talking about how we went from nine to 33 real estate rental doors in 12 months. So if this, this is your reminder, by the way, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, now is the time to do it so you do not miss out. And also, I am so excited about this. Members of Golden Girls community are going to be coming on to an episode here and sharing their lessons and the stories. Since they, in, case, in case you're sick of me, uh, you can hear from their fabulous selves too. They are amazing. You're going to be brought to tears and you're just going to – I know you're going to absolutely so love and resonate their stories as much as I do. So stay tuned. The exact dates of when these come out are you know, a little TBD because to be honest, we're operating a little on the fly over here. Hopefully that'll get better over the next year too. But in the meantime, do your year in review. The link is in the show notes. And my friend, I want to say this, and never forget this, that everyone struggles. No matter how pretty things look, everyone struggles. You are not alone. Your grief, your challenges, they're valid and it matters. What you're feeling, your emotions, they matter and you have to honor them. That is so important. And you can also be grateful for what you have and best of all, celebrate the resilience in you and your courage to keep going through these incredibly challenging times. We are creating a community of women supporting women, but also of nurturing, creating and having the courage, the vulnerability and the strength to have real conversations. And it starts with this episode. It starts with the ups and downs. And like I said, there's more coming your way. But here's this is me passing the baton on to you. This journey continues with you. I, continues with you. I want you to take this away and start having real life conversations in your life. When someone asks you, how is your day? Start to answer a little more honestly next time. Are you tired? Are you busy? Are you feeling a little lonely? Are you so excited because you just landed the biggest client ever? Share a little of your truth. Start opening up real conversations and creating space for yourself and for those around you to be themselves too. Hey, this is what we are so passionate about in everything that we do, in Golden Girls Community, and Golden Girls Mastermind. So if you are looking for a ready-made, beautiful space, that inner circle to have real, authentic, intimate conversations and relationships about life, success, and everything in between, check out our community, our mastermind. I'm going to link to show notes below. Um, We'll be opening registration for our community soon, and our mastermind is going to be reopening in May and June of this year. Hop on the wait list so you don't miss out. If you're looking for these real life connections and just real talk, real life, and real success. So that's what we're, it's, it's about all those things. Remember, you are stronger than you give yourself credit for. You are incredible and you are capable of anything. Thank you so much for listening. You are truly the best. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.